0: hey guys
1: so today we will be reading two segments of imagination chapter and these are the last two segments and are really interesting so um in the previous segment what the director asked paul was to imagine that if he was an oak tree an old oak tree so that time what was happening that paul was not able to imagine so the director said that imagine You are you, but what if you were an old oak tree? So you know, that is how the director instigated Paul to start imagining, okay? So in the last segment, it was basically related to where that old oak tree was and the details around it. In in these two segments, the director will give few other examples and help him instigate more on the imagination part. So let's see. This is like really interesting. So let's see what the director has in it for us. So let's read guys. An Actor Prepares by Konstantin Stanislavski Chapter 4 which is Imagination and Part 6 Today we continued the same exercises in developing our imagination. At our last lesson, said the director to Paul, you told me who you were, where you were and what you saw with your inner eye. Now, describe to me what your inner ear hears as an imaginary old oak tree. At first, Paul could not hear anything. Don't you hear anything in the meadow around you? Then Paul said he could hear the sheeps and the cows, the munching of the grass, the tinkle of the cowbell, the gossip of the women resting after their work in the fields. Now, tell me, when all this is happening in your imagination, said the director with interest. Paul chose the feudal period. Then do you, as an aged oak, hear sounds that are particularly characteristic of the time? Paul reflected for a moment and then said that he could hear a wandering minstrel on his way to a festival. At the nearby castle. Why do you stand? Why do you stand alone in the field? The director asked. In response, Paul gave the following explanation. The whole knoll on which the solitary old oak stands was formerly covered by a thick tree, by a thick forest. But the baron of the nearby castle was constantly in danger of attack, and. Fearing that this forest could hide the movements of his enemy's forces, he cut it down. Only this one powerful old oak was allowed to stand. It was to protect a a spring, which rising in its shade, provided the necessary water for the baron's flock. The director then observed, generally speaking, this question for a reason is extremely important. It obliges you to clarify the object of your meditations. It obliges you to clarify the object of your meditations. It suggests the future, future and it impels you to action. A tree, of course, cannot have an active goal. Nevertheless. It can have some active significance and can serve some purpose. Here, Paul intervened and suggested, the oak is the highest point in the neighborhood. Therefore, it serves as a lookout, a protection against attack. Now, the director then said, that your imagination has gradually accumulated a sufficient number of given circumstances. Let us compare notes with the beginning of this piece of oak. At first, all you could think was that you were an oak standing in a meadow. Your mind's eye was full of generalities, clouded like a poorly developed negative. Now, you can feel the earth under your roots. But you are, but you are deprived of the action necessary on the stage. Therefore there is one more step to be taken. You must find some single new circumstance that will move you emotionally and incite you to action. Paul tried hard but could think of nothing. In that case, said the director, let us try to solve the problem indirectly. First of all, tell me what are you most sensitive to in real life? What, more often than anything else, arouses your feelings, your fears, or your joy? I am asking this quite apart from the theme of your imaginary life. When you know the inclinations of your own nature, it is not difficult to adapt them to imaginary circumstances. Therefore, name someone, trait, quality, interest, which is very typical of you. Very excited by any kind of fight, said Paul, after a moment of reflection. In that case, a raid by the enemy is what you want. The forces of hostile neighboring Duke are already swarming up the meadow in which you stand. The fight will start here at any moment now. You will be shod with the arrows from the enemy, crossbows, and some will pointed with flaming pitches. Steady now, and decide before it is too late. What would you do if this really happened to you? But Paul could only storm inside of himself without being able to do anything. Finally, he broke out. What can a a tree do to save itself when it is rooted in the earth and incapable of moving? For me, your excitement is sufficient said the director. With evident satisfaction. This particular problem is insoluble and you are not to blame if the theme has no action. Then uh, why did you give it to them? Was asked. Just to prove to you that even a passive theme can produce an inner stimulus and challenge to action. This is an example of how all of our exercises for developing the imagination should teach you to prepare the material the inner images for your own this was the end of part 6 we will start with part 7 at the beginning of a lesson today the director made a few remarks about the value of imagination in freshening up and refurbishing something the actor has already prepared and used he showed us how to introduce a fresh supposition into our exercise with the madness behind the door which entirely changed its orientation. Adapt yourself to new conditions. Listen to what they suggest to you and act. We played with spirit and real excitement and were complimented. The end of the lesson was devoted to summing up what we have accomplished. Every invention of the actor's imagination must be thoroughly worked out and solidly built on the basis of facts. It must be able to answer all the questions like when, where, why, how that he may ask himself when he is driving his inventive faculties on to make a more and more definite picture of a make-believe existence. Sometimes he will not need to make all this conscious, intellectual effort. His imagination may work intuitively, but you have seen for yourself that it cannot be counted on. To imagine, in general, without a well-defined and thoroughly founded theme is a sterile occupation. On the other hand, a conscious, reasoned approach to the imagination often produces a bloodless, counterfeit presentment of life that will not do for theatres. Our demands that an actor's whole nature to be actively involved, that he must give himself, both mind and body, to his part. He must feel the challenges to action physically as well as intellectually because the imagination which has no substance or body, can reflexively affect our physical nature and make make it act. This faculty is of great importance in our emotion technique. Therefore, every movement you make on the stage, every word you speak, is the result of the right life of your imagination. If you speak any lines or do anything mechanically without fully realizing who you are, where you came from, why, what you want, where you are going and what you will do when you get there. You will be acting without imagination and that time whether it will be short or long will be unreal and you will be nothing more than a wound up machine and automation. If I asked you a perfectly simple question now, Is it cold out today? Before you answer, even with a yes or it's not cold or I didn't notice, you should, in your imagination, go back onto the streets and remember how you walk or rode. You should test your sensations by remembering how the people you met were wrapped up. How they turned up the collars, how the snow crunched underfoot, and only then you answer my question. If you adhere strictly to this rule in all your exercises, no matter to what part of our program they belong, you will find our imagination developing and growing in power. That is it, guys, for, for part 7. So I will just give you a summary of part 6 and part 7. So, in part 5, what happened? The director asked Paul to imagine that he was an old oak tree. A tree. A very old oak tree. Okay. And in that particular segment, he asked to imagine where that particular tree was. Now, what he is saying that you, in order to imagine more deeply, what you can ask is, that what are you hearing when you are in that character like suppose you were a tree so he, so the director asked Paul that what are you hearing like what are the sounds which you can hear and then he started imagination imagining that there were people around there were there were birds chirping and there were like, there was a snake or anything else you know all, with all the details So this was how you can imagine like more also also there is one more part which he said that whenever whenever you are given a part you have to involve your mind as well as your body to this part to actually come out with the emotions and the character. that is it, guys, for this particular uh, chapter, imagination. It was a pretty awesome chapter, to, from my point of view, and I think these small, um, these small, small things can help us in imagining in a better, clear, and a vivid manner. So I'll see you guys tomorrow with a new chapter, and let's see what the director has in for us. See ya.